Are you a starseed? Do you have a mission here on earth? Do you sometimes struggle to fit in? You're in the right place. Join me and special guests as we share our personal stories as Galactic Ground Crew here on Becoming Iris. Welcome everybody to Becoming Iris. If this is your first time joining, a big welcome. And if you're returning, thank you for listening. And today I am very excited to have a beautiful guest with me, Jenny Walker. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Hi, lovely to be here. Thank you. And so I was fortunate to meet Jenny last month, actually, when I came on a trip to Scotland, a personal pilgrimage, and I was with some beautiful women. We did some traveling around Scotland and Jenny had actually reached out to me off the back of a podcast that I did with Sananda on our Greece pilgrimage. And so, and actually perhaps that was last year, but anyway, Jenny and I had sort of become online friends, if you want to say that. And she had kindly offered that if I came to Scotland, that we could connect. And so that's what transpired. And it was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And I feel certainly something where we've definitely known each other before. And so it was sort of like a reunification of of souls. And it was very beautiful. So I'm really excited to have you here today, Jenny. And I would love for you just to talk a little bit about what it is that you do who you are, just to share a bit about yourself for people who haven't met you before. Well, I am a mum of three grown-up children. I have one daughter in spirit. I have two, one grandson and one on the way. I live in Pitlochry, which, as Iris knows, is a beautiful little town at the beginning of the Highlands of Scotland. What I do now is... Basically, I work with crystals, but I also write and I create space for people to feel safe, really, because my life up until now, or up until maybe 10 years ago, it was just all about survival. And I love to connect with people. I seem to be able to speak to people, maybe on a different place and just bring them relief that's all I want is to bring people relief and make them feel safe but I also believe in a lot of magic I was a magical little child and so it's just reconnecting with that again really my husband builds yachts that's a whole other story y-u-r-t-s I know my accent people sometimes think I say yachts but it's yachts so it's like Mongolian yachts and we create these from the wood that's around this area and yeah, they, it's definitely what you call a divine partnership. And through the yurts and through the people, we create some magical weekends. Yeah, beautiful. Would you like to share a little bit more about that, given that it's come up now? I know that you do have a weekend coming up soon in Scotland. For those that, that maybe don't know, could you talk a little bit about how it came to be and what it is that you're actually doing? Yeah. So, like in everyone's life, I always believe. What I know to be true now is we set out some little breadcrumbs as clues to maybe our path before we're born, places, people. And like I said, we have one daughter in spirit called Flora and she lived for a day and then we had to let her go. And then my husband 
So if I rewind a little bit, um, obviously I find it very difficult to be in a physical body my whole life. It's what we call now is a totally ungrounded. Through various experiences, um, I basically ran away and joined the Air Force when I was about 20 because I thought I'm going to be this career woman that doesn't feel anything because feeling for me was just far too painful. Uh, I felt absolutely everything from everyone. So I thought I'll be this career woman and that will sort all this out. And then I met my husband within three months. And so as much as I tried to stop, there was something there that we had to come together. He had run away to the Air Force because he'd had, he was hill walking with his brother when he was 15. His brother was 17 and his brother tripped and fell and was killed. And Dave, my husband, was sent back to school, boarding school, so never dealt with it. So he ran off to the Air Force to sort of block that out. I ran off and we came together, pretending we were okay. So he went through a bit of a breakdown maybe about 10 years ago. He left the Air Force, became a paramedic, and then went through a bit of a breakdown. And there's a whole story to it, but we decided to build yurts. He built me one for doing my treatments from. And then I thought, this is meant to be used for something for people and so I decided to celebrate flora and I thought people really need to find a way of releasing fear and I thought I could create a weekend in a yard which is a beautiful space for healing and so we did the first one on her birthday and it was about bringing two worlds together and my husband's called it's dragonfly yurts and I'm dragonfly crystal therapist and the dragonfly is all about death not being the end so that's what we did and I basically knew that people all connect in different ways some people more physical some people more sort of spiritual emotional so I create weekends that are full of different workshops to help people get an access point in so although you think you're coming in to do pilates there's a little bit in the pilates that helps you feel relief in your heart and then maybe we'll do a sound journey or crystals or so that's what it's all about and so far it, the formula seems to work so yeah beautiful and so your next next one's in November isn't it in November in so I hired a house and we put the big yard up in the garden and decorate it it's beautiful and this time we've got everything from like I say, Pilates, to a chiropractor talking about the mind-body connection. And we're finishing with African drumming. So it's a whole different, yeah. Beautiful. And Pit Lockery, for those that don't know, it's just about an hour's drive from Edinburgh. Is that right? Edinburgh Airport, you're about an hour north. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. And I just feel to mention that you will be taking this weekend to Ireland next year. And yeah. that will be not far from Dublin. Is that right? It's 40 minutes from Dublin and it's right at the foot of the Hill of Tara. A friend of my son has a farm which has been in the family since 1400 and we actually took him a yard earlier in the year and then I woke up the other night and I thought it just came I have to go to Ireland with so spirit of the dragonflies on the move. I love it. I don't know I know you're going to be there. Yeah I'm very Uh, excited that we'll be collaborating on this together. And also we'll be collaborating on a Heart of Scotland, I feel is the name, a retreat next year. So that is to be launched very shortly, but we're looking at doing that in June immediately before the the island weekend. So there would be an opportunity for people if they're wanting to do both events that they can tie them together. 
So we'll yeah. be sharing about that in due course, but that's all still in the creation phase right now. But I would love, so Jenny, I feel that one of the things that stands out the most to me about what it is that you actually do is you tend to speak a lot about the light and you say, it's my light. It's I'm working with the light. It's just light. And I feel that you embody a true light worker because you work with the light. And I find it very interesting that you've shared with me a bit about your family and your grandparents and they were called the light bodies. That was the thing. And they lived in a village called Star. (laughs) So are you able just to share a little bit about that, whatever you feel to share about either them or your relationship or this thing about working with the light and the light body? Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't even know what a light body was in the sort of spiritual energy world until probably I started 2014 was when I first ventured into energy work. Up until then, I really, it was a case of survival. I suppose we all come to teach what we're here to overcome. And for me, it's definitely separation and disconnection and the physical body. So I was actually born the youngest of four in on a farm, which was called Baldragon, which has a legend about a dragon. There was a farmer, had nine daughters. Eight of them went to this well to get water and didn't come back, and he was left with one. And the boyfriend of this one daughter set off to find out what happened, came to the well and just saw the remains of the daughter and this sleeping dragon. So he made it his mission to kill the dragon. and. Basically, this dragon came to my farm and the guy, it went into a big expanse of water and then got injured. So it's there's a Scottish word called bedraggled. So that it's bedraggled up the dragon. And then it was killed and there's a stone, which is 6th, 7th century in the next farm where it's meant to be buried. So that was a bit of a clue. Like you say, what's these clues? And when I was about 11... And I remember coming home from school and coming up the passageway and turning round. Something made me turn round and I could see this red being with a tail. And I thought, oh, turned back. And then I thought, no, I have to have another look. And I turned back again. And it was still there sort of looking at me as if it was teasing me. The time I thought it was the devil. So, And I never told anyone about it. And it just scared me with this. Uh, so that was that and then yeah my grandparents were light bodies they were completely eccentric lived on the land and definitely feel that side of the family descended from the Essenes I've always been interested in Essenes I did some Essenian healing course they were just bonkers and great at the same time just magic their whole house was just full of magical stuff and so yeah and then when I went to study crystals it was about like say 2014 we turned to this chapter on the light body and I was like that's really strange and then she explained what it was and I thought oh gosh that's just obviously the next clue so yeah um yeah bonkers but and all these things and then eventually I've moved here probably 28 years ago and just recently of course everyone's popping up but there's so many people around here it's a very special area it's on a magical ley line and I recently met a lady who taps birch trees like I told you about her 
And she sells birch water, which has amazing properties around here. And she is a dragon mother and she talks dragon language. And I was like, wow. And so I've come to look back at that being that I saw. And I think maybe it was the dragon, the red dragon from the farm. So it kind of made me feel a little bit better. (laughs) Yeah, beautiful. And I just absolutely loved spending time in the area where you live. Your house is very near to just such magical forests and the, the like especially the trees the old trees that are so well actually the oldest tree in the world is not far from where you live yeah and that was to go to visit this tree absolutely mind-blowing to to be in the presence of a tree which is over five thousand years old and still yeah still living and in your local area <laughs> i know and they do say pontius Pilate was meant to have been born under this tree so there was a big Roman garrison there. But, yeah, it's really magical. It's um, very so beautiful. old. So yeah. Old. Yeah. And so I just actually, I wonder if you are interested in just sharing briefly about the the Essenes course because <laughs> it's just such a like an interesting story. And even if you just feel to share a little bit about how that came into your reality. Yeah. So this was once I'd started, I basically, I was so frightened. I went through, so it's a separation really has been the thing that I've had to overcome. And it wasn't through various things, through from the family. I always thought I was adopted because it was so different. I didn't cope. And then when I, I, my son was born, I went into labour. And I mean, we're talking 30 years ago. There's not the same technology in hospitals now. Uh, and they discovered I had a, well, they called it a double womb, but it's a womb that was separated by a septum completely. So I know this is part of my journey, but to me at that time, and I've always known that people just need things explained really simply. And nobody explained anything to me. So it just completely scared me about the physical body because I thought what else is in me that I never knew I had and I went on then to have another and my births were all pretty traumatic I mean I had four you'd think I would but anyway I had four but that led me to be completely petrified of the physical body but I always had something inside that I kept saying to me everything is okay and I would shout at it and say who are you and what but I mean I would I mean, it came to a point where I was rocking because I didn't want to feel. So I I don't know if any, probably people that are empaths and sensitive. I used to lie in my bed and I would rock. And when I rocked, I felt safe. And when I stopped, I was just petrified. And it came to one point where my mouth was open and I was trying to get whatever this was to come out. And I was too scared to live and too scared to die. And I just thought there has to, that life just... I'm positive it's not meant to be this way. So there has to be something. So that's what, and then my neighbour said, you need to go and study energy because you're always six steps ahead of everything. I always knew everything was okay, but it was this, I suppose it was society led me to believe there was so much to be scared of. And so, yeah, I went to study that, but I was always fascinated with Jesus and his healings. And I thought, how is that? He puts his hand on somebody. I don't get that. There has to be more to it. And so then the Essene part came in and I read a lot about these things and it just resonated and reminded me so much of my grandparents, the light bodies. 
and they had got very into religion. Plymouth Brethren, I think, was the religion. And so, but I knew that was because they had been sort of squashed from their free beings. They'd, so one day up in my Facebook popped this is seen workshop in Edinburgh. I thought, wow, never seen anything about it. Thought I'll have to go. So I applied for it. And then this lady said, I need to speak to you first. So she spoke to me on the phone and that's fine. So off I went. And I seem to have a history of this. I go to these things and I seem to always be the only one on them. Anyway, I got there into Edinburgh and I was sort of in the cloakroom and I looked through the little window and this lady was there and she was covering the floor with white and sheets and she covered all the chairs with white sheets and there was only two chairs and I was like, and it, it was chairs facing each other and it was like an interrogation. I was like, I began to sort of, and she came and locked the door and I was, of course I was texting my family and they were just killing themselves laughing, thinking, what have you got yourself into? Anyway, she was very nice and she had come up from England just to do this for me. And what it was a couple of people that she worked with, one of them channeled Mary Magdalene and the other one wrote down what she said. And, and what they said was, in 2022, Western medicine wouldn't work as well as it did before. And she was here to teach me these healings that were then going to help her. And it all makes sense. But it was just so intense. And she just cried every time I held her hands and spun. I thought, quite an earthy person. So it was like, what are you, what's going on here? And then, so she taught me these healings and then gave me 17 crystals, which were beautiful, wrapped in tissue and had to look after these and it was that way where you go outside into the street and it was like this is a different world and then she didn't want me to go outside for lunch and I was thinking oh this is anyway I did the whole weekend but these it was like a water healing and they were very you had to measure things with measuring tapes and that's just not me I mean you know me but now everything is just so organic and goes with the flow and and then she kept sort of asking if I'd done these healings and I was going to collect karma and it was all, I began to get really scared. And I can remember, I think I spoke to Sananda and I just thought this is a lesson for me to have discernment in whether I got something from this or I just thought this is teaching me, this is not how I want to work. But I felt really guilty because I loved the scene. So, but yeah, I had to sort of cut it off and just say, look, I'm not ready for this. I don't think this is for me. And then they just disappeared. So a bit bonkers, but there we go. <laughs> I loved the part of the story that you shared with me where like she just, it popped up and you yeah. went to the course, you were the only one there. And then subsequently afterwards, you tried to That's find weird. that again yeah. and it was never to be seen. It's almost like it came out of nowhere just yeah. for you to do this. Yeah. And then, I know. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's just, it's so... And that's happened a few times that I've gone to things I've just been on. So I don't know whether it's just, yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. And I love also the fact that I didn't, I hadn't heard that part about it being 17 crystals because 17 yeah. is such a, like a pivotal number. Like it's associated with Q and the Q boards and yeah, just there's a lot with 17. So I feel, and also the one seven is eight, which is, infinity and I just kind of can sense that there's something about the 17 crystals as well that's quite poignant (laughs) yeah so I would love for you to share Jenny about your with your crystal work and specifically 
the peace oil that you created because that's a really beautiful story about how that came to be. If you yeah. feel to share about that. So obviously I then the Reiki I studied Reiki first of all and I didn't even I mean this will make you laugh. This is just how scared I was. So I went to this other lady in Edinburgh and we sat in a living room and she was very scientific. So for me I'm I don't get science. It's so she that's obviously how she worked and it was great. And she gave us lots and I thought and it woke me up to the fact that there was something out there that probably was was in here. And then she came to do the initiation part, which she sat us on a chair like I'm on now. And, came, and I just burst into tears and ran out of the room because I was like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> so I just wasn't ready for that. I didn't, again, she didn't explain. So I'm thinking, if you explain things really simply, it takes the fear away. So then I came back and practiced a bit and everyone seemed to, they all felt great. It's, I know, but I didn't quite connect. I thought, how is my hand going on there? And didn't understand so then a local lady um, advertised Crystal Workshop and I went and there was six of us and she gave us all a pendulum. And as soon as I picked up that pendulum, something clicked. And I knew this is what I've done before and it just really was simple and easy. So I, she did a crystal course and she was really ahead of her time. I mean, everything that's talked about nowadays, she was she knew it all back then, and but she was quite fragile. But she, I started the crystal course with her and she is the one that I'll always be grateful for because I told her obviously all the story of all the things that happened to me in my life. And I said, this is, voice, there's something in my here I need to get out. And she said, but that's your soul. And I said, well, what's a soul? I have no idea. And she explained the soul and the person and that just life just dropped into place then and everything made complete sense. So she was, she taught me so much. She's now retreated back into her cottage in the woods because she can't really deal with the outside world. But so from her, I kind of did my own thing. And then my dad, uh, like I say, was a farmer, moved up here with my mum, who died eight years ago. He only died last year at the age of 98. He was quite incredible, but he also uh, didn't really cope with life either, petrified of his physical body petrified of dying but really well and one Sunday afternoon I was up sitting with him and he was constantly he just knew he was 96 he knew he didn't have long left so it was just like he would sit up and say that's me away now as if he was dying I said well you're not dad just sit down you're fine I'll make you a cup of tea but anyway this one Sunday I'd gone up and I was sitting on the seat and he just sat up and he was anxious and he used to repeat the Lord's Prayer and he leant over and he said, oh, Jennifer, one day I'll be at peace. And I said, oh, Dad, you'll be at peace when you die. I said, well, your whole purpose is to find that peace that you are while you're here on earth. And I used to be able to reach a part of him that he then calmed down and he sat back in his chair. And I turned back and I was reading a book that was all little synchronicities. And I'd started this story and it was a story of the peace rose. And it was about a French horticulturalist who had created this cutting of a rose just at the Second World War. He hadn't seen it bloom. And then war broke out and France was invaded. So he sent it out on the last plane out of Paris to America for safekeeping. And when the war ended, the American guy phoned him and said, this rose has bloomed, it's beautiful. It's going to make you a lot of money. So he sent it back to him. And the Americans went on to name the rose Peace. 
because it had survived the darkness of war. And the colours of it were pink and lemon. And in my hand, I had pink rose quartz and I just bought lemon calcite. Now, lemon calcite is a new crystal, a new crystal. And when a new crystal appears, it's because it's what humanity needs. It's, and lemon calcite is really perfect for the solar plexus, which is the push-pull of the ego soul. It's cleansing, it's joy, it's abundance, coupled with rose quartz, which is obviously the eternal, unconditional love. And I sort of looked at my hand and I looked at the book and I looked back to my dad who'd sat back and gone to sleep. And I just had everybody that does this work, you'll have those moments where I was like, okay, I have to do something here. So I quickly got on the phone to my friend who makes oils, candles and mists and said, I need to do something with this. And so we created the peace candle, peace oil and the peace spray. And I named it the fragrance of the soul because I just believe this came through my dad. He was so grounded. He was so afraid. But his one story told me on the my mum's funeral, we'd been to church and he was very traditional. So he did the line up where he shook hands. We got home. Everyone left. And he said to me, I want to tell you something. I'm only telling you because I know you'll understand. And he said, I saw Mary. I said, what do you mean? I knew the minister was called Mary. I said, well, the minister was there. No, I saw Mary. She was there in the church and she looked at me and and she called me and I realised he was talking about Mother Mary. So I think this is a bit of a gift through the Marys because it's rose and the mist is made with the water from our local mountain, Benny Bracky, rose and lemon oils. And the, the candles are beautiful and they have the crystals on the top to keep. Yeah, and I just think it's a, it's been a message for me to share saying peace and from fear to love. It's so beautiful and I was fortunate to receive as a gift from you, Jenny, one of your candles which you gifted to our pilgrimage group and we burnt on the Lionsgate portal and it was such a, like, I've termed it a little miracle that happened with that candle because it was raining in Glastonbury where we were and we'd set up our circle outside and so we lit the candle at 5 a.m in the morning on the 8th the 8th and that candle burnt all day all night right through till it was still burning at sort of 10 a.m on the 9th so it was over 24 hours yeah there was no wax there was no wax (laughs) left in there I actually had to (laughs) blow it out but Around the candle, I had placed all of these roses and they were covered in water. So it was raining. The The light of the flame, it just kept yeah. burning. So yeah. I feel that was just a sign of the message of the peace yeah. and the flame burning and it felt very protected and yeah. it, like you couldn't really explain how that happened yeah. other than it was like an candle of peace. I feel that was protected yeah. by there's one other synchronicity that came through it. When I was in the Air Force, I got, like you said, I met my husband and then we had to separate because I got sent to Berlin. And I was in Berlin before the wall came down. I know it makes me sound like I'm 300 years old, I'm not. But, and it was, I know I was there to experience that separation. So I stood on the west, looked over the wall to the east and it was like black and white. You turned back to the west and it was colour. And it's always like from fear to love. But the peace rose was named peace on the day that Berlin fell. Mm-hmm. So there's another link with why I was there, why I mean, and it's all these, yeah. Yeah. And with the the oil, you do also have 
a story that goes with with that with giving the little yeah. hearts and your map so I'd love yeah. for you to share about that as well the map that you know about that was in the car with us going to Portimo. <laughs> so I decided then, I mean, that I need to do something a bit more to get this piece around the world. So I thought what a great thing to do is if anybody buys a candle or an oil or a mist, I would send them a little quartz heart with a tiny little piece of the peace oil. And if you're lucky, you might get a dried petal of the peace rose because I have a bush at home. And I thought I'll ask people just to lay it where the lands either experience war or there's something that they know in some area and just to place the heart in the ground with a little bit of oil and leave it. And then I thought I could create a map and I can connect where all these hearts are. And so, as Iris knows, because I got a bit of wood when they were here and we went over to this workshop in Abbeveldi and they've drawn this map on it for me and I've started to connect up. So I have some, I have one in Auschwitz where the gas chambers were. Someone went there and laid one there. There's somebody took it to Paris and it was actually, they lived on, they were on the street where the shootings were at Christmas, the Kurdish community. So they took one into the Kurdish community. So it's there. I've placed some where there's lots of witches have lost their lives here. There's one in Sri Lanka because my daughter lives in Sri Lanka. There's an army in the war. I think Sananda took some and placed some oil in the Greek islands when you were there. So I'm connecting these all up with little stories and I just think it'd be lovely. It's like our own ley line. Peace. Yeah, and my my quartz heart I'm placing down in Margaret River where there was a massacre of Aboriginal children. And yeah. I haven't had a chance to go down yeah. there yet because it's a sort of a four-hour drive from my house, but that's yeah. my intention to take it there. Yeah, so it's really beautiful and I feel like if people are called to participate, they can easily do that through connecting with you and yeah. it's just a beautiful visual to have all these. Yeah, it is nice. I've got these little and each little story. I mean, even somebody who whose son had taken their own life and they've got a little memorial, she's placed it there for all his friends that come and sit. So it doesn't have to be the land, but just where we feel separation. And yes. Fear. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love that. Thank you for doing that. It's really, yeah, it's a really oh, it's, thing. It's, yeah, like you say, it's, I always say it's birthed in the highlands, gifted to the world. So it's through me, not, it's not about me. It's beautiful. And so, Jenny, I would love to talk about where you are in the world and our offering with this Heart of, of Scotland retreat. So some of the things that we'll be doing and it's just such a magical place. I feel like Scotland itself is so, even though it's a small country, there's so many different places that you can go. But I was very drawn specifically when I was in the Perthshire to stay in that area and there's just so much magic there. So would you like to share a little bit about some of that and whatever it is that you feel called to share? Yeah, so... It is on the ley line. I can't remember what the ley line is. That's the, the spine of Albion or something it's called. Uh, I'm not too good in all the technical detail stuff. But, yeah, it's the very heart of Scotland. And we have this magical mountain close by called Shahalyan. So this mountain, Shahalyan, was used as an experiment, I think, in the 1800s 
and this could be completely wrong, but it's something to do with weighing the earth or something. But anyway, it's full of magic. It's full of legends and folklore. And it's said to be on a ley line to Giza. Um, so that is not far away from here. Fortingal, the little place where we saw the yew tree, obviously is a magical place. I mean, as soon as I drove into Fortingal when I first came, it was like, oh, it's, for me, I've learned that the great masters came and gathered there. It was called the Great Gathering. And I do believe Jesus, Mary Magdalene, they all came and spent three days there. And there's someone that's been uh, regressed. It talks about the arbour of the tree that they, they sat under. So I do know. And it's really untapped. I know you laughed at me because it was like, why do people always go down to Glastonbury and they never come up here? And then I'm like, I don't want lots of people up here. So it's like this, come but don't come. And then from Fortingal, we carry up Glen Lyon, which is where we went up to this stone, which is called the Praying Hands of Mary. It's sometimes called Fionn's Rock too, but I like, we know it's Praying Hands of Mary. So it's just a big, you'll probably see it on maybe Iris's Instagram. So it's like a stone that's been split and it's just such a magical spot. And we were so lucky that day, wasn't it? It was just, you couldn't have written it, could you? I mean, we, I don't know if you want to tell them about Brian. You want me to tell them? So as we're driving up the Glen, it's a tiny little Glen in the twisty roads. And I'm lucky enough to know the lady that owns the estate. So we could park right at the bottom of the Praying Hands of Mary. But usually you have to park a little bit away. And as we drove to it, I saw these two guys and I was, oh, I really wanted it to just be us on, on our own up there. Anyway, we parked the car and these two guys walked past. And I was like, oh, I bet they're going. Anyway, we carried on up and sure enough, there was one that set up a tripod and this other one had a drone. And I was like, for goodness sake, we're in this beautiful place. Put your drone away. It's getting really annoyed. Anyway, of course, we started to talk to them and asked the guy taking the photographs what he did. And he'd lost his partner in a tragic accident and photography had gotten back to sort of helped his mental health. So we then said to the other guy, what do you do? And he said, I'm in television. And he told us, the show he's in it's a local Scottish soap but yeah anyway and he said that's and I said well what's your passion because I could tell that wasn't his passion and he said oh well I sing and I've been in some musicals so I said what have you been in and he said well I was in The Lion King in the West End and I just I mean my favourite of all time is The Lion King I couldn't believe it and I said well you obviously have to sing because we're here and you and I said what did you play and he said Mufasa so it was just the most magical moment, wasn't it? He stood up and he sang from Mufasa and we just were. <laughs> and he thought, you couldn't write it up, Glen Lyon, and here's the lion and he's singing. And it was just, and the guys went to the same school as me back in Dundee where I grew up. So just one of those moments that was magical. But there's so many places around here that are just magical. Oh, well, I didn't know the part about them going to the same school as you. Yes. That. Oh, that's so cool. I actually didn't know you grew up in Dundee either. Yeah, on this Bull Dragon, which is the city of dragons. So. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I loved that day was absolutely magical and I'm really excited that it's one of the places that we'll be going on our retreat as long as well as seeing Fortingle. And I understand that at Fortingle that's also where a number of the ley lines meet that they cross. Oh, is it? Yeah. 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 And I also at Rosslyn Chapel, there's meant to yeah. be 
like so I, I think that there's multiple ley lines running through mm. where you are and it's you yeah. can feel that energy there it's just such a, a magical place and not far from Fort Tingle where the yew tree is there's the druid stones that we visited oh, yeah. there were so yeah. many magical things that we saw and really no one there like maybe one or two people but not like when you go somewhere like in the UK it's inundated with people these sites Scotland's very untouched in that way which is so beautiful yeah yeah so we yeah we're excited that we're going to be doing this our own unique take on and also I feel it's really important to mention really collaborating with local people, obviously your local journey, but we're also working with, we're going to have a beautiful artist who's going oh, to be. incredible. Yeah, and I'd love for you to share a little bit about, about that, mm-hmm. of how you came to meet him. and, and I that don't know. Yeah, it wasn't me. It was my husband and I can't remember, my son. I decided to walk up Charlie and they came back and my husband was just like, kept talking about this guy that they'd met. They'd been walking up and they saw this guy dressed like, I suppose to people know, Outlander, all in the gear. And my husband is like, I have to know his story. So they met him on the way up and they met him on the way down. And he said, I have to know your story. Why are you walking up the hill dressed like this? So he then told him that he was obviously this artist and he used to just walk the hills and he got his inspiration and he wouldn't take a sketchbook. He would just come back to his studio and draw. And so we looked up his stuff and it's very, quite dark. But anyway, we had to have, my husband was just, he was like he was fixated with this. <laughs> anyway, so we bought two of his paintings and then I bought one that he'd done of a full moon, which is lovely. And then he came to the house and my family are used to me bringing lots of people to the house. <laughs> anyway, but then Alistair walked in and he just is, he's pure magic. And he's only like 25, but he is 25 going on 2005. Because he's just this being that's dressed like this with this big beard. And he just oozes the art. I mean, he learned from a Russian master or something. And he just has these big paintings now. And he walks the hills. He reads poetry. He creates all his pigment. He's just the most gorgeous guy. And if you come on this retreat and you get to spend a day with him, it's like something out of this world. He's just amazing. Yeah, I when I saw the paintings in your home, I was so drawn to them and you shared his his Instagram and I had a look and I was like, wow, there's something really magical here. Mm-hmm. And so just connecting with him and, and his ideas. So basically what we'll be doing is, as you said, he makes his own pigments. So he harvests the natural materials to make his own pigments. He also makes his own paintbrushes from like or bristles and everything that he does, it's so, I guess, connected to the land. And so our our outing that we'll be doing is going to Shahalian, which I believe is that the fairy mountain. Is that what that means? Yes, we're going to the fairy mountain with this magical artist and everyone will have the opportunity to create with his guidance their own um, piece of artwork of this beautiful fairy mountain. So it's that type of magic where it's something very unique to this mm. area, to um, the Perthshire, to the heart of Scotland. So we're super excited 
And I would just love now, Jenny, for you to share how can people connect with you if they're wanting to work with you one on one and just what kind of what, what, what do you offer and how do you work currently? Well, I'm just updating the website. My youngest daughter, Daisy, helps me. So it's a work in progress, but I've started. But you, I do have my website there. I'll what put I the links really below for that so yeah. people can find you. Yeah. I have a yurt at the bottom of my garden, which is the, the first one my husband made, which has the rafters. I mean, you've been in it. It's all hand peeled and it is just an amazing space to be in. I don't have to do anything, actually. I'll tell you a quick story about a lady because I don't, I tend to just, people just tend to come. And for some reason, they tend to come, they tend to get something. I don't know what I do. And then they go off. So it's almost like they come in, they do something in this yurt and they go out, but their life seems to move on. I had this lady who's probably near her 70s. This was just a month ago. Met her in the street and I know her, but not, you know, as in a true, a sort of real deep friendship. But she had this pain in her back. And I said, have you ever tried anything holistic? And I said, well, why didn't you come down and let me try? So she came. She's this little old wiry lady that's, anyway, she came in the door of the yard and she just said, oh, she said, oh, this feels amazing. I said, yeah, I said, it's because it's round and you're spinning, so it calms you down. And she sat down while she spent the next hour, I didn't even have to say anything. She told me the most horrific childhood I have ever had in my life. And I was trying really hard to be sort of, you know, take it all in, but not go, oh my goodness. And I just, I've never heard anyone have to suffer so much that she eventually ran away, joined an orphanage for seven years when she was 15. I thought, wow. And anyway, so she got on the bed and I usually just hold people's feet at the beginning to connect. And I'd just done that. I'd sprayed some peace stuff and she said, can I speak? And I said, of course you can. And she said, I feel like my insides are coming back together. And I mean, I hadn't done anything. So it was just, for me, it's because she felt so safe, which is probably to do with my field. I keep talking about my field and I'm sure it's the field that does the work I'm very aware of all these tools but actually it's your knowledge and your knowing and your field and then so she went away and she was completely just like a little giddy child and she's and I met her the next day um, and she was whispering my name and she was like Jenny and I said oh hello and Mary and she, I just had to tell you I slept from 11 till 6 and I've never done that ever in my life it's just magic and it was just such a joy to see her so it's I don't know what I've done, but whatever it is, it just creates, seems to tick something in people, whether it's an awakening. I do a whole crystal treatment, balancing out. I don't really like the word healing. It's more balance, bringing people back into balance. I'm very aware that for me, everything physical comes from an imbalance or emotion, trapped emotion we can release. So I will do a treatment. I soak people's feet in peace oil first and then they put in the bed. But I also do. I'm just about to do what I call soul readings, a bit like your astrology thing with, I love words and I know that words can really help people if it's the correct words. Um, so I do a sort of reading with words that I will choose for you and I'm going to send that out. I can do that by email. So that's something that I will be able to do. Um, but I also write stories um, and I do meditations and the stories are quite childlike, but they're very different levels. I've written eight now. I call them guided meditations. And so they seem to go down well with people. 
And I'm actually doing one online. So if anybody wanted to join, I'm doing one called the North Star on the 17th of September. It's a Sunday online. So you could come to that. It's only £10. And it's about the planet incarnate, where we go to before we're born. And there's a rope bridge to the North Star where we go and deposit our books. I think it's going to be a bit like the Akashic Records for you, but for me, it just comes out of my imagination. And it's got a bit of my light body grandparents in it with their old grandfather clock. So that's the kind of thing I write about. Beautiful. Thanks, Jenny. And you say that you don't know what you do, but I do believe it's like your light and the energy and the frequency that you keep that even when people just come into your field, they immediately feel that because you do hold a very beautiful, peaceful space, frequency. Mm. So thank you for coming on today. Oh, you're welcome. Yes, it's been really good chatting to you and reliving some of the memories and, yeah, look forward to creating lots of magic in Scotland and Ireland with you next year. Yeah, it's going to be so good. I'm really excited. And, yeah, if some of you are coming, then it'll be great to meet you and introduce you to this magical spot. Beautiful. Thank you, Jenny. Ireland. Come to Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to click subscribe to be notified of new episodes as they're released. And if you would like to show your support for the podcast, please leave a review of what you've enjoyed and any donations are also much appreciated. You can follow me on Instagram at Becoming Iris Podcast and stay up to date with all of my offerings, including one-on-one sessions, courses and retreats. I hope you'll join me next time on Becoming Iris for more Starseed Stories.